Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The best pizza in the city. Pizza past and so much more. Royal Pizza, Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Obviously, you can order online. You can pay online. Drop it off at your house or go pick it up at any of the Royal Pizzas in town. The Stoffer recommendation, meat lovers. It's a Monday. It's a meat lovers sort of day. 135 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. We are pleased to be joined by a guy that, uh, unfortunately, we had to uh, preempt on Friday, so he's been kind enough to take some time to join us right now. We welcome back to the show. I, I know this guy's voice from somewhere. In fact, I've probably heard it more than any other voice over the last 10 years that I can think of. Jack Michaels. Jack, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bob, and never have I sound, never have I heard you sound so excited for a news conference presser as the one you were jacked up for last Friday. But I'm not going to take it personally. <laughs> uh, I can't even remember what one that was for. Uh, you were you were excited. You're like Jack. I think you even sent me the fake tear emoji. Yeah, oh, no, I got to no, preempt no. you, buddy. As much as it pains me. Yeah, I, I hate to do this to you, but. Uh, we really got to go. Well, it does put, you know, and it just reinforces Jack on a daily basis uh, that we're dealing with something that's far beyond, uh, you know, sport at this stage. And, and there's a wide variance of opinions about how we proceed moving forward. And we'll have time to have that conversation, Jack, in the upcoming weeks. But I want to have uh, get to a couple specifics for you. The 1987 Stanley Cup. Uh, final series between the Flyers and Oilers has been on Sportsnet. They've they've shown the first two games. Edmonton won in seven. Jack, it's my contention that the 86-87 team was the greatest team in NHL history. Um, And the best of the Oilers Stanley Cup championship teams. Of course, as you know, the 84-85 team won. You've had your your opportunity to rub shoulders with some of the greatest players in the game, six Hall of Famers on the Oilers, still with the team at 86-87. What's your take? Well, it's funny because 
even the core members of some of those teams that were still there in 85 and 87 have some disagreement. And and what I found really interesting is, you know, perhaps, well, not perhaps, the greatest player in the history of the NHL, you know, in in later conversations that I've seen him have, not necessarily with me or you, but he's kind of indicated that, you know, 88 might have been as good as any of them. And the 88 team, of course, didn't even win its division. But like the, you know, like the 85 team and like the 1990 team certainly peaked at the end. I mean, played its best hockey in the postseason. This is, for me, I will say this. I think they might have gotten it right. And here's, here's my support for that. Uh, 87, very easy to be motivated after what happened in 86. 84, very, you know, you haven't won yet. So, of course, you're motivated. Uh, 90, no Gretzky. I mean, as as much as I love the 90 team, and, and, and quite frankly, people forget because they got in a little trouble in Winnipeg. But after that, they won, I think, 15 of 17 to close it out, or 15 of 18. I mean, yes, unbelievable. 90 is an unbelievable accomplishment. Yeah, they got, they got down early, but by the end of the season, by the end of the playoffs, there was no doubt they were the best team, just as there was no doubt in some of these other cases. And I will grant you, I'm not going to penalize the Oilers for losing a couple of games in the 87 Stanley Cup Final because it's my contention that that might be, the other than the 1960 World Series, which was actually one by a team that was outscored 55 to 27, the Pirates over the Yankees. Right. My contention would be the 87 Stanley Cup final is the second most lopsided seven game series in the history of pro sports. So I'm not even going to penalize them for that. How could you but say that? I, 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 I felt like Edmonton was never in danger. I, I, that I, I, I'm telling you, when I watched that 87 Stanley Cup final, <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Edmonton was the best team. I, I thought it was lopsided. I, they I, were the best team, Jack, but, I mean, the Flyers rallied from three two-goal deficits in that series to win I games. Know, I, and I'm, they I'm had sorry, the orders down I, at home in Game 7. I'm, I'm just telling you, I think it was the I, – I think – I don't know. You're right. I mean, yeah. The Flyers rallied. I think that was a series where Edmonton at times took its foot off the gas. I, I think Edmonton allowed that series to go seven more than the you Flyers. You just said they were super motivated. Well, they were motivated, and then I, here's my contention. Here's my contention. They were motivated, and then late in 87, late in 87 playoffs, they were so clearly the superior team. I think they toyed with Philly a little bit. And, you know, part of this is personal bias. I can't stand Philadelphia. Okay, well, there now you was, that, there's your, that's your prerogative. That, but here's you just... my point. I think 85 took care of more business than any Oiler team ever. They had to play with the crown all year. They won the division, they won the conference, and they won the playoffs emphatically. I think they lost three games. Uh, and, and there was a little blip, if I recall. Was that the blip? It was in the 85 conference final. They got up 2-0, then it was 2-2. Yeah, right? Chicago. Right. So, for me, the 85 team took care of more business with more eyes on them and more, like, just the – 
the weight of being a champion, yet they were still able to win everything. They won everything. They won the division. They won the conference in the regular season. Uh And they plowed through the playoffs with one tiny blip. And here's my other contention. I would say this. When I talk to the the players on the 85 and the 87 team, they will concede that the 85 team was still the guts and the core of the team and the peak of the original core dating back to 1981. They felt like it was a closer team than in 87 where if you talk to some guys, they'll say that felt like almost the Campbell Conference All-Star team because they had added, you know, they had added pieces, Kent Nielsen probably being the most. But so I would go with the peak of the core team, which I would say originated in 81, and that peak of the core team was 85, not 87 in my All opinion. right. All right. Time for a rebuttal on that. So okay. here's, here we go. 87, you're right. They added they added some pieces, really good pieces. Kent Neal, they had they still had their six Hall of Famers, and they add Kent Nielsen and Ray Rutzelainen. And if yeah. you watch the games, Rutzelainen played important minutes. Steve Smith was starting to emerge on defense, and I mean they don't have a guy like Don Jackson who was who was, albeit tough, but not on the level of who he was replaced on the back end. The '85 series against Philly. What was the major problem that the Flyers had? That's what did they not get in the games in Edmonton? The games, well, they, yeah, they, they didn't get goaltending, and in both series, they didn't have Kerr. Right, but in '87, they got the Oilers beat a better. Team. Ron Hextall won the Conn Smythe. When's the last time a losing team has had the Conn Smythe Trophy winner? '87. He so he won the Conn Smythe that year. Actually, Jiguer did it. Did Jiguer not do it as well? I'm thinking Jiggy did it as well with Anaheim in 03. Yeah, in 03, yes. Yeah, but the point I'm making is is you had an outstanding goaltending performance that extended that series. Otherwise, Edmonton does win in five, and you're sitting – and that's really what happened is Hextall was such a di- – and that's why I judge Philadelphia different. So the addition of guys like Nielsen – I mean, that's the tick, and it wasn't consistently in the Oilers' top six. He's a hell of a player. Now, you can make the argument 88. They make the trade coffee for Simpson. Simpson was a huge part of the 88-90 teams, but they no longer have Paul Coffee on defense. Right. right? Who is, and, who is right. you know, it's certainly in the top seven, and I have him a little higher than that. That'll be the second thing we talk about. But, Bob, if you're saying they were in trouble in 87, and you're saying the 87 series wasn't, the second most lopsided seven-game series in the history of pro sports, then the 85 team never looked that vulnerable. So you're but defeating your own play, argument. But the caliber of their opponent, Jack, in 87 was superior because they had a goaltender that in hockey, goaltending, as you know, what's the old saying? It's 70% of hockey unless you don't have it. Then it's 100% of hockey. They didn't... Think, wait a minute, wait a minute. The 85 Flyers had the best record in the league. Their goal and what happened to their goaltenders the three games at Edmonton? They spit the bet. Okay, they went with Bob Froze in Game Five when they got right. But they they had. I'm sorry. Going into the they were dismantled is what I'm saying. Going into the series, they had the best record with the Vesna winner. I mean, how their goalies? How is that not as good as the '87 Flyers? The goalies stunk in '85. The '87 team. They were playing the Oilers. The 87 goalie. The Oilers played, made a lot of goalies look like absolutely. Well, H- Hextall, 
you know, you got to have a puncher's chance. And Hextall gave the Flyers, put it this way, if Edmonton wins that series in five instead of seven against Philadelphia in 87, that would have been viewed the greatest team. In any, now, one of the, th- the other thing is just, and I'm just going to throw this back, one of the reasons why 85 merits so much consideration is the scoring that took place in 85. Edmonton got double-digit goals against Chicago in three of their four wins. Chicago's goaltending of Murray Bannerman and Warren's score against me was horrendous. <laughs> I like that. I like it that. It was horrendous. That okay? was funny. Okay. All right. Now, well, let's go on a ball more. Coffee. No, no, no. One, one more. Here's, here's the thing I'd say is when you – you know, we both talked to the same guys. So when there's a lean towards, all right, well, the 85 team was closer, it then leads me to the current day. I think one of the reasons the 1920 Oilers were in the position that the 1819 and 1718 groups were not sure. is I felt this year's team was uh, was closer. They liked each other. I I felt like there was a significant increase or improvement in team chemistry this year. Now, I don't know what comes first, winning and then the chemistry or closeness and then the winning, but I do, you know, I do buy that a little bit that the 85 team might have been a little tighter. Okay. I uh, you know what? In terms of, of the, in terms of the improvement with the team this year, there's lots of factors, coaching, uh better support players, but Sure, the, I, absolutely. I, Hey, they won, and when you they won more, and when you're winning more, it's a lot more positive environment, and you appear, you know. But I do think there was a maturation with some of their top guys. Point number two, I just wanted to hit on Jack, and we're we're, we're running up against the clock at 151 here, so you got we got a couple minutes to discuss top defensemen. NHL.com ranked the top defensemen of all time. Um, Ray Bork played a couple hundred more games than Paul Coffey. Okay, points per game wise, I think Coffee is only behind number four, Bobby Orr. Is Paul does Paul Coffee get as much? And he bounced around, right? Like he moved around. I think he played for six different teams. Um, Bork played for two. Bobby Orr played for two. Potvin only played for one. Larry Robinson played for two. Larry Robinson's the highest plus minus player in NHL history. Does Paul Coffee not get enough credit? A lot of people don't have him in their top four. Does he well, and 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 here uh, exactly, and I I have I have coffee in a this I have look here's what I have I have one Bobby Orr that, that let's remove him from the discussion sure I have two two I think is when I think about it I feel pretty confident I have Nicholas Lidstrom at two my next grouping that I have ahead of both Dennis Potvin and Ray Bork my next grouping are Paul Coffey, Larry Robinson, and Doug Harvey. And, and you know, I'm not intelligent enough to speak on Doug Harvey. All I can tell you is he completely dominated. They might as well have called it the Harvey Trophy. I mean, he completely dominated the league, as Orr did, for seven or eight seasons. Completely dominated the league. Having said that, here's what people, when, when people say Paul Coffey bounced around, they neglect to finish the sentence which is Coffey goes from the Oilers as a three-time Stanley Cup champion, gets the Penguins over the hump. He then goes to the Detroit Red Wings and gets them to the Stanley Cup final. He then goes to the Philadelphia Flyers and puts them in a position to go to the 97 final. He then goes to the Carolina Hurricanes 
and a year after he leaves, he gets them to the 2001 final. I might have left out a team. My point is, every place he went, that team immediately got better. Now, the Penguins won one of their two cups without him. But my, he, pushed, he pushed every team he went to to the next level. Flyers hadn't been to the finals in ages. Red Wings, in 95, they hadn't been to the finals in, Bob, I'm not sure, right off the top of my head, 50, you know, I mean, we're going back a ways. He, he took teams to the next level, in my estimation, and that's when people say he bounced around. You've got to finish the sentence. Bounced around and made every team he was on better. All right. I'm a big Robinson guy. You know that. And I am, too. Larry Robinson, I think, you know, if I'm going head-to-head, boy, that's tough. Because, I mean, obviously, they're both great people. That's a tough one. I, well, I the, other, the other thing about Robinson is he can really defend. And he had – Potvin was a nasty player. Uh, you know, he, he was – but Larry he wouldn't Rob- kill you. Robinson would La- kill you. Larry Robinson beat the crap out of Dave Schultz. Yeah. Like Larry Robinson, and he had. And if you don't think he, he's not capable of going end to end and making plays, he scored one of the greatest goals you'll ever see in a Stanley Cup final against Boston, where he goes end to end and walks the Bruins deep. Bork, I've always found interesting because all I can think of with Ray Bork is the Oilers in '88 and the Oilers in '90 when Bork was their best player. And Glenn Anderson walking him. You know what I mean? Like Right. I, that, that's Bork had his shot to get to the next level, in my opinion, 88-90. And yep. he didn't take it. He, he didn't take it. I I mean, Bork, and on the 2001 Avalanche, I'm sorry, Bork was, what, the seventh best player? I mean, I don't know the roster right hundred percent. You watch, so you watch winners in 85-87. You watch winners 85 and 87, Jack. Paul yep. Coffey. He might have been their second best player those years. As well, good as Mark Messier was, you watch right. what Paul was bringing from the back. He might have been their second best player. Well, 85, 86, and 87, because 86 was the year he scored 48, was it not? Yep. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. No, so, I mean, uh, Paul, in other words, what, what drops, I have those three ahead of Bork and Potvin because in my mind, and maybe it's clouded by a little bias or whatever, but in my mind anyways, Robin, Robinson and Coffee at times terrorized the entire league. I don't have Bork and Potvin in that class. I just don't. Jack, it was fun. We're going to do this once a week. Thanks for joining us on Oilers Now, okay? Take care of yourself, pal. All right, that's Jack Michaels play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers. It's 1.52 in Edmonton. We're going to take a one-minute timeout and get to this day in Oilers history when we return in Oilers now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Shed. 1.53 in Edmonton. Obviously, Sweden has had a more relaxed approach than, Edmonton, uh, than Canada has. Uh, their death rate is higher than Canada's, um, but uh, they've basically allowed you know, groups, uh, I believe it's 50 or fewer, so there's lots of Swedish players skating. Uh, we will uh, tell you this. 
Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, focused on your health and peace of mind. Proud to be part of Ford Canada's Built to Lend a Hand program, helping their customers through these difficult times. Committed to social responsibility, safety, and supporting their valued clients through flexible financing, online sales and support, and even delivery and mobile service. Find out more about how Brent Ridge is built to lend a hand by calling one 877 3673 or visiting brentridge.com. Um, a lot of other playoff games uh, in and around this date, but not a great result on this date for Edmonton back in 2006. When the Oilers got goals from Fernando Pisani and Yaroslav Spacek, but ultimately fall 4-2 to Detroit in Game 4 of the Western Conference quarterfinals at Rexall Place. Five of the game's six goals came on the power play, and that helped Detroit even the series at two games apiece. I got a tweet from a player on Saturday after put the tweet out on Jared Stoll, and he reminded me of how many minutes Chris Pronger played in Game 3 in that overtime game when the Oilers went up two games to one in that series. Speaking of Chris Pronger, he was unbelievable in game number five, a Saturday afternoon game in Detroit that the Oilers ended up winning 3-1. to one. Tomorrow, we'll have Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing in Alberta. Sherwood Park Crusaders defenseman Michael Benning, younger brother of uh, Matt Benning, son of uh, uh, Brian Benning, and uh, Michael Benning was named the Junior A CJHL Defenseman of the Year. He is heading off. Is he going to Denver this year coming up or next year? Do you know? I, I think a lot of that's up in the air with the pandemic right now. All right. Well, look, in the pandemic uh, is obviously a very challenging times. There, there's lots of different perspectives out there. You're going to see more about... You know, what's the long-term effect in other areas? As there was, And we're not talking financial. We're talking in mental health, which is serious. Those sort of things with the result of uh, the significant steps we've taken. Stay safe, everybody. Lots more coming up. A global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Followed by the 630 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.